Okay. Okay. If they on the battle pass and you can use this as a blooper, I don't care on the battle pass. If at any point they release soldier, a voice line being like slay queen, I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Soldiers Fortnite, like slay Fortnite queen. Fortnite you better motherfucker work, bitch. And bought it. Where is the dip in overwatch? Yeah. Well, right? the thing about soldier is he's very like he, he, a soldier as it were. So I do really need like a voice line of him being like, I was born to serve. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I asked and I told. Welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. And I'm Eric Solis. Eric, we are back once again. Um, where are the sequel how even? You doing? Well, it's like it's one of those things where it's a sequel, but not technically, because it's still the original thing. Yeah. Like we're still here. We haven't changed at all, but there's some new features. Yeah, we've moved week. and we have moved to a free-to-play battle pass model, which we will be uh not explaining to you, the dear listeners, in depth. You're kind of gonna just have to like figure it out on your own. You're maybe gonna have to like wait in a line of like 30,000 other like beautiful listeners who like are trying to get ahead of you uh to get into the podcast beforehand. So it's gonna be like a whole thing but um sounds like you're talking about no. our patreon <laughs> i wish i wish <laughs> don't forget you um, guys are gonna need a phone number to access this podcast oh now. yeah exactly oh yeah well, two-factor authentication yeah yeah um and if you're if you're one of those pores who has cricket wireless no podcast for you i'm sorry <laughs> Ooh, there's so much there's so, so much, much to, to get talk into about. today um, we heard a little bit of his uh, lovely voice. Eric, do you want to introduce our guest today? Yes, this week we are joined by the president of the LA Gamers Society. Is it Gamers or Gaming Society? Gaming, gaming. LA That's our government Gaming name. Society. That is our government name on the 401c3 or 501c3. I don't know. It's a nonprofit here in LA that uh, is all about, you know, getting the gay community together to have fun and enjoy games and do things for the community. And that is our guest today, the president of that group, Brian Moreno. <laughs> what a roundabout Hi, way. Hi, guys. I, can I take that again? That got really... <laughs> no, no. no we're, that's how it is. That's how it we're is. hashtag being real. Uh, yes. You, you, know, <laughs> you got the one take and that's it. And it's um, Brian, thank you so much edit. for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Oh my gosh. Especially Overwatch, if... If Eric has told you anything about the LA Gaming Society group, uh, if they don't absolutely go rabid for Smash Brothers, we go rabid for Overwatch. We play yeah. lots of Overwatch. It's mm -hmm. a big hit with it with the gays. Um, yeah, well, Lags Lags has a has a Discord, and the Overwatch Discord is the one that I see popping off pretty much constantly every day. Like, and especially the last couple of weeks, people have been have been uh, just so excited to get into it. And we're so excited yeah. to have you to talk about this game because it's kind oh, of a huge deal. You. And this is one kind of the of games that was Overwatch was on like that original list of like we have to talk about Overwatch at some Our, point like, if we're going to start yeah. Oh, yeah, a yeah, gay yeah. video gaming yeah. podcast. Um, and it took a while. It took a while because yeah. Lawrence, I know you're pretty big into this game, but I am a fairly newcomer to it still, uh, which is why yeah. we're thankful to have a uh, Brian on this episode because you are 
kind of an expert, you would say. <laughs> I think I, I think Overwatch 10, is about hours? to rival. I, 10, I, I don't hours know about 10,000 hours, yeah. but I think Overwatch <laughs> is about to rival Destiny as like my most played game. Yes, I was oh, one of those wow, Destiny no dorks. Not yeah. anymore. I'm finally free. I'm finally free. <laughs> it's interesting um, you mentioned that because uh, we'll get into our personal histories, but Overwatch and Destiny were like the two games that like my college roommates were like truly always playing 24-7. And so like they're kind of linked in my brain as like... yeah. Um, sibling sisters sibling sisters oh my gosh (laughs) um before we get into it brian do you want to talk a little bit more about um lags and and your history with it and uh what's going on there Uh, sure yeah so i'm the president of the la gaming society we are a state and federally recognized nonprofit organization based in los angeles obviously um we strive to make the gaming industry more accessible and more tolerant to lgbtq plus people while building a local community that shares our passions and interests uh we also work with other organizations and other charities in the area to do monetary good for our local community Uh, for me my big thing is i want to make sure that lags is is making an impact on people's like lives like an impact i can see you know i feel like a lot of organizations and a lot of initiatives have a really national holistic view uh mm-hmm. which i think are great aspirations but I, I i can only do so much and for me like i don't know maybe call it grassroots uh i like my <laughs> little grassroots my little ragged tag team of 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 people that really just wants to help create spaces and also i think the way i put it on my tiktok that went semi-viral it's like i needed a space to feel like i wasn't alone in this city and and lags yeah. absolutely proves that none of us are actually alone in this city and so i'm trying to be what i wish i had does that make sense mm-hmm. so i mean uh i always make the joke that being the president of a nonprofit was not on my vision board but here we are <laughs> um here we are and you know i'm kind of i'm kind of learning as i as i go and you know really taking a lot of my expertise from when I worked at nightclubs back in the day in my college days. And then just, um, you know, it's LA, it's Hollywood, all the networking that happens just by going outside, you know, using that Rolodex to really, uh, to really engage not only the community that we have here now, but to engage local businesses and the industry that is based in Los Angeles to participate and support um, the queer initiatives that we're pushing through. Yeah, That's so awesome. and, you, yeah. and you can really see that at the we have these uh, monthly we because I've been volunteering with lags for yes. a couple yes. months Thank now, you, which is initially how we met. It's been a great time. I've really enjoyed participating in the community in this way, because like you just said a minute ago, Brian, I think a lot of uh, what I struggle to find as a queer person in the city of L.A. is just a queer space where I feel safe and I feel seen, I think, especially you know, the, the further you go into like the WeHo K-hole, the harder it is to find like community <laughs> in those spaces that feel so that feel so artificial or feel so stagnant. Yeah. I feel like Lags yeah. is really offering something that I don't see other gay spaces in the city offering. And I, and I think that's great. So I'm, I'm glad it's, that you have taken over in this way. It's interesting that you say that. I mean, Lags, I mean, Lags is going to have as an organization, it's going to have its 10 year anniversary next year, believe it or not. Wow. And, I, and you, and you, I, you didn't start Lags, right? You're not. You no, 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 no. I was going to give you the rundown right now. Oh. No, I was going to give you the rundown. No, I, <laughs> I began as just a member. You know, I got I got added to the Facebook group and everyone posted their memes and there were meetups at uh, Motherload. And I remember I went to a, everyone went to a screening of Ready Player One and, you know, it was really oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> throwback it was really fun and then in 2019 that summer um 
Oh God, do you got my, want me to get corny with the story? Reader's oh, Digest. Geez. I was at a bar and and I ran at Revolver and I ran into uh, a guy that I knew from my college days from working at the nightclubs in Orange County. And, you know, we were chit-chatting. He introduced me to his boyfriend and then he took me aside and he was like, Brian, I got to tell you something. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I just want to let you know that you're one of the reasons I made it through my 20s. Because I knew every time I would go to one of these bars or clubs that you worked at, I always had a friend in you. And that made me go, oh, my God. Because for me, you know, at that point, I was either approaching 30 or was already 30. And I just had this, like, uh, I don't know. I wanted to give back in some way. And I I couldn't really figure out how or how I could do that. And when when I was like, wait, what if I merged this, um, you know, uh, this nightclub friendly face, friendly person, you know, really open person with, you know, my love for video games because I had a friend that was also a member of Lags and his partner was the then president of Lags. And so in very, in a very gay LA story at Summer Tramp while we were all wearing Speedos, I was like, hey, can <laughs> I uh, join Lags? And uh, I started as a communications officer. Can I join your little gamer uh, club? <laughs> um, I started as a communications officer and then uh, 2020 happened and lags, which traditionally threw an event every month, you know, we had to slow down. And this is kind of where I got to flex a lot of my muscles for the organization because we started our Twitch channel. We were really blowing up on the discord because for me, community was so important, especially at the time of the pandemic. I, I was like, com- communities never needed us more when we're stuck at home yeah. and we can't go to our safe places. P- some people's homes aren't safe spaces we have to be there for each other and be there for our community so that's where our discord really blew up and and you know when we finally got to open our doors and run outside again like not only did we have uh our our membership activated i had so many new friends and And uh, the match made in heaven was, you know, I'm at Akbar all the time and uh, speaking with the bartenders there and the management and everything. I was like, hey, I have an idea. Lags has always done events anywhere in the city where we have space, but I want to do something static. I want to do something monthly. And Akbar opened their doors for us. And it has been so, so uh, great to be able to throw this thing every Thursday, first Thursday of every month at Akbar. Uh, and one of the notes, going back to what you were saying earlier, um, Eric, a lot of people have come up to me at these Akbar nights and they've specifically told me how much they appreciate the gamer night at Akbar because of how not sexualized it is. I think I said, I think I said that exact thing. I think I said it's the, the but you're not the, the only one. Sex. Yeah. You're not the that's only kind of one. The, when you think of like gay events in Los Angeles, the first image that comes to mind is, you know, go-go boys and speedos or um, just very expensive drinks or the Abbey or these uh-huh. places that feel like they've lost so much of the community and the culture that made them safe queer spaces and now feel very <clears throat> capitalistic or um, just really, <laughs> really, yeah. really far away from the, you know, place of support. Um, Especially yeah. when queer people in cities still were not, you know, hugely accepted. Uh, you know, not like we're perfect now, not like we're not still making strides now. But um, I feel mm. like Lags just goes back to like putting the community first and, uh, you know, mm. being a nonprofit. You know, we're not in this to bring in the bucks. We're in this to like be a public service to people. And that's been a, that's been a really great I, experience just seeing at that from yeah. the inside um, the last, yeah. last couple of months. 
Um, yes. And yes, like you said, there, first, yes. first Thursday of every month at Akbar in yes, Silver Lake. And we also, yes. tomorrow night, we have a little Halloween party going on, too. Oh, when is this airing? Ooh. We don't want to date it. Oh, but that's yes. Actually, yes. <laughs> that's, that's the point I was going to make is that well, I feel like well, I oh keep bringing God, up Eric, the... Didn't we have so much fun at the Halloween party? Oh, oh my God, man, it was that so was so much great. fun. Oh, Depending man. on what you know what, everyone... You want to know? I, I will date it a little bit. I will. Uh, I will announce it. Actually, let me re- let me rewind. Uh, I'm so excited to let everyone know that November third is our next night at Akbar, and it is retro yes. night. Yay. Retro night. We're playing nothing but the old school classics. We've got Streets of Rage two, the X Men arcade game, Tekken three. Uh, oh my God! What other games we have? I think we're gonna play some. Uh, uh, Super Mario Kart, and because Lag's membership would uh, immediately uh, impeach me if I didn't have some kind of Smash Brothers there, we will have Smash Brothers Melee. So, it's Which by be hell or high games. water, Melee will be there. <laughs> uh, yes. A copy of Melee will be manifested. Uh, yes, yes. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, we're wild that that game constitutes as like retro now. Um, mm-hmm. well, I was about listen, to say, I, I feel wanted like to, I wanted to keep it to the 2D. <laughs> I wanted to keep it to the 2D, but uh-huh. I didn't think Smash Brothers N64 would be very fun. Yeah, it's no. not, and it's almost 20 years old at this point. Yeah, right? so I was or like, well, I'll meet, I'll meet, I'll meet my retro, uh, yeah. my retro definition in the middle, and we'll include the GameCube. <laughs> Um, I will say that y'all are making me unfortunately miss the city of Los Angeles because this sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, A city that you will never move back to, you have adamantly declared. Listen, jury's still out. Oh, he's hesitating now that that we pressed record. Oh, he can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not you calling me out on my um on my back listen the bullet train's going through the central valley you'll True. get here one way yeah you listen. can take that merced to bakersfield bullet train <laughs> daddy gav where's that high-speed rail at because I, I gotta get my ass to lace that <laughs> <laughs> um i will say we're, we were gonna ask we'll, we'll ask at the end to uh uh-huh. plug all the socials and whatnot sure. but since we've been talking about it uh if people are interested in lags or want to like follow y'all on twitch TikTok, etc. Where can people uh, find you? Really easy. Go to lagamingsociety.org. It's L-A-G-A-Y-M-I-N-G-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y.org. Uh, and that has links to all of our social platforms. It also has a form so you can join lags. And it's super easy. Super easy. Yeah. LAGamingSociety.org. It, the hard part is finding my proper gay documentation to prove that I am, in fact, a gamer. <laughs> you know, we actually require two forms of gay identification, so mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts one and Kingdom Hearts I'm two. Kidding. Oh my okay, that qualifies you. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm in. Also, I I guess you could ask, like, who do you main? And if it's not a support, then get out. <laughs> not true. Not true. I've been playing a lot of tank, which we'll get into it. Um Do you do you main work. Peach or Samus in Smash Bros? <laughs> Those are the only two options if you're gay. Kirby, if you're non-binary, I, I'm a, I'm a Ness Lucas boy. Period. I love me some yeah. Ness Lucas mm. action, some PK fire. Love to spam some PK fire. I'm, I am um, still love a well-timed PK thunder uh, cannon. PK freeze. I'm, I'm still a Pac main. I'm st- Pac man is still my guy. Every single time I yeah. I, I play that game, hasn't changed in like almost seven He's years. Super fun. He's super fun. He's super fun. But we're not talking about that fighting game today. We're talking about other games no. that involve fightings. 
even guns with multiple and, and with gay multiple people characters uh roles drama yeah drama. gay people gay people um, and lots and lots of drama we'll get into it uh today we are talking about you guessed it overwatch Parentheses, Overwatch 2. I mean, RIP Overwatch 1, there now is only Overwatch 2. Which, let's start there. I wanted to talk about it later when we talk about, like, um, Blizzard and the complicated legacy of um, Overwatch Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the way that we probably hold some very conflicting feelings about uh, the game versus the company that makes it, etc., etc. But, first of all, wild that Overwatch 1 is just... No longer with us. It's, it's gone to the great video game beyond. It, um, it's kind of like concerning almost yeah. for me because, you know, how many of us can look behind us on our shelves and see all our games in all their glory still fully playable? And yeah. we're hitting this weird part of the industry where everything's so subscription based and we're mm-hmm. or 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 a free to play model and we don't actually get to keep these games. You know, yeah. think about it. Like how many people like didn't like the direction WoW was going and they made their own WoW servers. Yeah. You know, we still had some control in the games that we interacted with and and I feel like we're not even outside outside of DRM, I feel like, you know, with Overwatch 1 like plainly being gone, like that game's gone. How do we ever it's play gone, again? Gone. It's yeah. gone. And and just for the sake of like video game preservation, like I feel like yes. it's it's tricky that we don't have I don't know, for, for, to me it almost reminds me of like the the silent film era and that we've lost like 80% of all silent films ever made because there just wasn't like anything in place to preserve those things. And I worry that kind of the same thing is happening with video games as we uh, Mm -hmm. move further and further away from like having things needing to be on physical copies because these companies just like Mm -hmm. own the rights to their game and can pull the plug and like, you know, never share them again mm-hmm. if they don't want to. It's Imagine. really tricky, complex stuff. And yet, me playing Overwatch 2, booting the game up for the first time in over a year, I pulled up Overwatch 2 and I went, wait, this is just Overwatch 1. Wait, was what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. What changed? Wait, what? I'm playing Overwatch 2 and I'm like... At the end of the day, wait, this is still Overwatch. <laughs> what happened? It's 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 a Show pretty me where glorified the are. patch. It's a yeah, pretty it, glorified patch. Yeah. Um... Yeah, which I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, let me introduce Overwatch to people who uh, may have just heard about it, uh, might not know too much about it. Uh, Overwatch is, or I guess was, slash now Overwatch 2 is, a uh, competitive multiplayer online shooter uh, released by Blizzard in May of 2016. Uh, it was a game that kind of helped to repopularize the hero shooter genre, which kind of was like uh, born with... Um, what's it called? Team Fortress 2? Is that right? TF2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think of um, Halo. I mean, it, remi- it reminds me a lot of, like, ha- early Halo matches. Yeah, but it, I, I guess specifically in the, like, hero shooter, where it's, like, a roster of, like, different oh, uh, characters pe- that are yeah. each their, like, own unique, like, character. Which, again, sure, Overwatch sure. wasn't the yes. first one to do this, but I do think that, like, Overwatch and its success led to um, the abundance of hero shooters that we have today with Mm -hmm. uh, apex and valorant and Mm -hmm. uh, all those uh, all those big names Mm -hmm. um and yeah um yeah this game came out in 2016 um and i remember 
I wanted to I wanted to ask like, everyone's like personal history with it when they were first like introduced to Overwatch and whatnot. But uh, what really grabbed me was um, the cinematics of it all. Uh, Blizzard kind of I think very smartly. Uh, uh, decided to tie in with this game a release of a bunch of like cinematic shorts that were mm. super high quality. A lot of people compared them to like DreamWorks or Pixar, uh, which basically just like introduced the world of this brand new IP and introduced us to all these characters and all this life. Um, yeah, Brian is um, is that how you were first introduced to the game? I'm curious what you uh, Overwatch definitely. I, I saw all those incredible cinematics. Mm-hmm. Um, I refrained from Overwatch for a while because I had heard how much people, when they started playing it, were addicted to it. Um, And then finally, when I was like trying to decide if I wanted to start Twitch streaming or not, I like Mm. bought this refurb PC and I was like, all right, we'll start here before I like I heavily invest. And I was like, wow, I haven't owned a gaming PC in like over a decade. What should I buy? And it was like, well, I guess I have to buy Overwatch. This seems like one of the de facto games you get with a PC. (laughs) And then I was hooked, especially because of Lag's membership, because playing with them was so much fun. And, you know, that's like the thing about online gaming. It's like it's one thing to go in queue by yourself. But when you know you got your friends to ride or die with, like that makes you love a a game even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you know you um, and the Eric, girlies are ready I... to hit the town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Eric, I know you weren't on Overwatch until recently, but what was your experience like uh, hearing about Overwatch? Was yeah, it on, ever on your mind? Is something you're well, interested in? So, yeah. So I've been trying so hard to get into Overwatch. <laughs> just, um, just knowing that Overwatch 2 was coming. Um, I actually do think I bought it like on my PS4, like back when I got my PS4 a couple years ago, and it was just one of those games. Mm-hmm. And I and I came to this realization today, Lawrence, um, that I, I I was trying to play Overwatch two, and I get very overwhelmed by the chaos of it all, and it's I get overwhelmed lot. by yeah. the oh I'm playing with real people right now. Are they mad at me? Yeah. Am I? Are they? Do they see me fucking around and be like, what's this asshole doing? And I realized, oh, is. <laughs> Is um, this how Lawrence feels when I try to make him play scary games? <laughs> is me trying to play <laughs> online shooter games? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I guess, yeah. I, I, there's, like, some similar anxieties there, I guess. But mm. I definitely, like, when I was getting into Overwatch, also felt that um, anxiety of, like, I am going to suck initially and I'm going to drag down my team. Yeah, I just... Luckily, I, it does... I don't I, realize I think, how uh, much of a deeply socially anxious person I am until I actually realize, oh, I, da- yeah. I can't even play online games with real people except Fortnite, which is yeah. not even really a multiplayer online game. It's more like a toy for people under the age of 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up that anxiety, Eric, because I hear that from a lot of people on lag, especially when it comes to Overwatch. I'll hear it from a lot of people that are just, you know, I it just, just don't want to drag in. the team down. It just fucking throws you in. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> But it's the anxiety of like letting your friends down or letting mm-hmm. people down, and I and I keep reminding everyone every time we play. I'm like, we're just playing. We're just mostly kikiing and talking shit. Right. It's like yeah. maybe during comp we might get a little like sweaty, but like we're That's just kikiing. What, what if a 15 year old in Colorado was calling me Epsler? What am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> Then we you say put some respect on it, and then we exactly. absolutely destroy them at this game. <laughs> yeah. No, literally, whenever someone yells at me on Overwatch, it just, like, galvanizes me to literally get good in that moment and be like, listen, if you say I'm sucking right now, I'm going to carry y'all down. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, like, honestly, like, the anxiety around, like, in a, a multiplayer game like this 
with Overwatch. It's like you have to remember, like, everyone else is just playing a video game. And then if you are just playing quick play, um, there's truly no stakes. There's still no stakes if you're but playing I, I think because it's not for money or anything. I think for also, me with, with yeah, Overwatch, that, though, guess, you know? the thing with Overwatch, though, is that it's it's only online. There's no campaign. There's no PvE. I know it's. They said it's promised for two, or it might be coming at some point Yet. for two. But the fact that there's <laughs> not coming. that there's not a mode that lets me like get a handle on let me let that helps me feel good at playing the game that doesn't involve just always playing with other people. And I get it's because that's yeah. how the game is designed from the ground up is to be an interactive team experience. But that's the hardest part for me is like struggling yeah. to find a place outside of matches to even play with the mechanics or figure out what I'm good at and what I'm not. Well, so uh, there is, you can play versus artificial intelligence where it'll mm -hmm. like put you together with a team of real people and you'll play against a team of AI. Yeah. Um, I'll also say Eric, there's a a plethora of custom games that the community has built. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, shooter trainers uh, and in overwatch Two, If no one's played this, look this up. We have so much fun. There's a custom game called uh, one dad, 11 kids. (laughs) I where I have seen that. I haven't what? played it. Let me tell you, it is bananas because it's one one person's the dad and they're a supersized character that's picked at random. And then everyone else is a miniaturized version of that hero. And <laughs> a the, the 11 kids need to get 10 kills and the dad needs to get 100. And it is chaos. And it is so much fun. And it's such a great way to really get yourself really quickly versed with every character. Yeah. Nice. That, and is that, and I really can you still play that mode too? Can you still play these kind of modes in Overwatch 2 or have those kind of things kind of been reset? No, it's in Overwatch game? 2. No, yeah, it's, it's in Overwatch, Overwatch 2. 2. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the Mystery Heroes is a fun way to learn characters. Mystery Heroes great. Mm-hmm. Basically, it just throws you in with a random character. Uh, you play as that character until you die and then it respawns you as a different character. So, it's a very like low stakes game mode to like help you just kind of like learn how to play yeah. the roster. Yeah. Um, which we should say. So this game has like what? I think like 40 playable heroes now something like that so many heroes yeah um and, and three three were from. added just for overwatch 2 so we, so it's every character yes. from the first game and then a handful for this new overwatch 2, uh, two update uh, overwatch yeah. 2.0 and they're going to be adding more like in later seasons and whatnot um which i'm still kind of confused as to like how that's going to work they're like you can unlock the hero with the battle pass i don't know um, so it sounds like yeah it, <laughs> It sounds like the battle pass is going to be the fast track to the hero, but I don't think that they've actually actually said that battle pass people will get it at unlock, Mm. Um, which is going to be a very, very huge departure for Overwatch that it's happening this way because Overwatch is such a rock, paper, scissors kind of um, design where there are responses to certain characters that people pick. And mm-hmm. to have it locked behind a paywall is really concerning. Yeah, the one thing that I how the game is played. Yeah, the one thing that I did read and hear that maybe might alleviate it a little bit is if you're on a team with someone that has a character unlocked that you don't, you will have access to them. Oh, that's fierce. So if we were playing, let's say, Eric, you just made over an Overwatch account today. You were locked to a certain amount of characters Not until you off. level up through. Um, but if you were to play with me and I have all the characters, you would have access to that while you're true. playing with me. I think that was true for me and you, Lawrence, when I played with you a couple nights ago, because there were characters that were showing yeah. up for me that were not ones that I had unlocked yet. Slay. Okay. That's so that may be true. No, that's, that's a fun little, um, feature. 
Right. And so, so anyone I mean, who played uh, Overwatch, every, anyone who played Overwatch one for like any length of time, if you had all the characters in that, then you'll have them all in, in two. It's only if you're coming to two brand new that you won't have all the characters. Am I understanding yes. that right? Yeah. There's a, yeah. yes, okay. there's a brand new experience that really forces you to learn every character as you level up because it makes, it takes you through a, a short list of characters and then as you continue to progress, you'll get more. Um, but I'm curious now. Oh, it's not my podcast, but I'm taking over. <laughs> Who's your main and why? I want to know. Um, it has changed with the seasons and the times and okay. my growth as a person. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I started out, I was initially, um, I would always play support. So I was like a Mercy main um, for a long time. Yeah. Once Miss Moira came out. <laughs> um, love, uh, love Nail Mommy. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Zenyatta was a lot of fun, um, although I kind of sucked, <laughs> lol. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also really loved playing Tank. I was a big Arisa main in Overwatch 1. Oh, um, man. And I'm getting used to her new kit now, um, but it is, uh, it is different, and I I think she kind of needs some fixes to her kit. This is very inside baseball. <laughs> Those are my answers. We try to be like an accessible gaming podcast where it's like, yeah, was, we should explain how the game works at some point, but also the characters are hot and cute and it's okay Sweet. if we just talk about that too. <laughs> um, but I, I will I, tell you if there's a All I can really Reinhardt... say for myself is I like Lucio because he brings the sick beats, but that's all about, that's about all I can yeah. <laughs> I played a little if, of Soldier if... 76 because daddy. Um, daddy, Yes. <laughs> Uh, if and that's, you're and that's, that's about as much as I can say about Overwatch. It really <laughs> has been that hard for me to like figure out my the way that I fit into this game in a way that I enjoy it. If you're against a Reinhardt, the new Arisa toolkit bullies him so bad. Love that um, her. Bullies him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, I, I think everyone would call me a Symmetramane. Uh, I just like thinking in 4D. I really like the characters that kind of are more than just point and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love her teleporter, especially now in Overwatch 2, where now that it's only around for a finite of time, amount of time, I'm using it a lot more offensively. Yeah. And then I live for Wrecking Ball. I love Chaos. I just, I whenever I'm playing with my team, I'm like, him. I love him. I'm just like, guys, is it time for Chaos Control? And just <laughs> switch to Wrecking Ball and I just, I just go cuckoo bananas. Um, Wrecking Ball for the listeners. Um, so a lot of these characters are human. Not all of them are human. A lot of them are also like robots. Wrecking Ball is a hamster who does roll around in kind of this like giant well, wrecking ball, as it were. Um, and yeah, he is a lot of fun, even though I kind of suck at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a hamster in a gigantic yeah. robot hamster ball. And uh, he hooks on to whatever is around and literally yeah, he has a grappling like hook. full yeah. Miley Cyrus hits you like a wrecking ball. <laughs> and the team don't know what to do. It's He's a really great character. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, too, as of Overwatch 2, I think I am discovering that I'm a Winston main now, who is... Uh, the big handsome gorilla who jumps around. The smart handsome gorilla. <laughs> yeah, smart handsome gorilla. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a lot of these characters. Um, so I, I actually, but, I will what say about this. The world, you know, the world when, that they when fit we all into, how does that work? Yeah. That's what I was going to say is one thing that I, I find is kind of missing from some of these um, shooters that are really building worlds. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we were talking about Destiny and it's the same complaint that a lot of people had with Destiny that I still have with Destiny is the lore is not in the game. 
Yeah. Like I'm kind of really shocked that those all those animations that they spent so much money on are in the game so that yeah, when you, you unlock to to those characters, you can't watch them. That yeah. I, I hate that you have to go to the website to see their bio. Mm-hmm. You know, also there's I, a ton I of wish comics that, too, right? There's like and there are like, comics. comics that has a, that has a lot of the yes. Story. And so you know, like, yeah. I get it that we need to monetize it, but like, why aren't Battle Pass owners getting access to the comics? You yeah. know, like, I feel I like we spend all this time with this lore and you kind of have to dig for it. And, and, you know, I think that's what really um, is interesting about a lot of these games is we're building this world, but the accessibility of the world is just not there. Yeah. And and how which does sounds, and how does any of it factor into the gameplay itself? Which I think is what maybe confounds me about Overwatch is that I know that there's this plethora of backstory for all these characters and the lore and the cutscenes, but then I play the game, I'm like, this is just a shooter, though. Like how? Yeah, because how, how does game this is just like environmental storytelling. Yeah, it's like environmental storytelling. Like you know, you go to these maps that have like you know lore implications, but it's not really you know told in story because again, it is all through like lore chunks you know Mm -hmm. from the website from these Mm -hmm. cinematic shorts from the comics um Mm -hmm. there are like some like if you go to skins and you look at the like oh this is what this character looked like 30 years ago it'll give you like a little bit of like text under backstory but again nothing like substantial so Uh, um it is strange how for a game that has so much like piecemeal lore based storytelling that it doesn't give access to it yeah um, which leads to i think a lot of players like completely missing out on it yeah have, the, have either of you ever played World of Warcraft? Were you into the the the, the probably the biggest Blizzard project before this one? I never I played WoW. Yeah, me neither. Interesting, because I'm curious. I'm curious. Like, I know WoW has its own extensive lore stuff, and that was also a hugely multiplayer mm-hmm. game. But at least in that, it seemed like you would go on quests that had like involved characters and little side missions that still like played into yeah. like the way the world worked. Whereas it doesn't seem like in yeah. Overwatch is a lot of story-based missions or things that seem to uh, indicate there's more going on than just whatever match is happening in the moment. I mean, it was interesting with Overwatch 1 when they would have, like, the Black Point event and stuff. You would get kind of PvE elements, and, you you know, you kind of saw the old, like, uh, the old team of Moira, Reaper, uh, excuse me, Cassidy, and I forgot who the fourth member was, but I, I think that's a little bit of a preview of what we're getting from the PEVE if and when it ever comes out. But, yeah, uh, Brian, you know, go ahead. what you're referring to is um, like, I think it was for the anniversary events is when they would do it, right? Um, they would do it periodically because there was an yeah. event for Havana, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they would do these like have these game modes where basically it did like was like, here's um you're playing like a flashback of a mission that these heroes went on years mm-hmm. ago, or I guess mm-hmm. villains in that case. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it kind of gives you, um, there was the other one too, the like, uh, the one in King's cross where you were fighting against the Omnics. Um, yes. Oh, that one yeah. was crazy. Um, yeah. So they have these like side missions that were like limited time events, uh, where you would like play story missions essentially. And yeah, like you said, Brian, it seems like that's probably what they're going to model the PVE that's coming for Overwatch mm-hmm. 2 after, mm-hmm. but time will tell for that one. Um, I did want to zoom out a little bit and just talk about, I guess the story of this game, like, like we said, it's not very present in game, but, um, we can talk about it. Um, I think it's a pretty cool little like hero, um, you know, setup that we have with this game it's like i think set like 60 years in the future or something like that and like 30 years prior to like the events of the game that we're playing was when this like um war broke out in civilization um known as the omnic crisis and basically humanity was like 
prospering. There was like a bunch of like techno- technological achievements happening. They built like these really complex like AI robots who were like living in harmony with people. But then uh, kind of in one of your classic sci-fi dystopia moves, the AI was like, mm, let's beat these humans up and dominate them. And it started a whole like war, <laughs> war vibes. <laughs> Uh, and so this group known as Overwatch like rose up and it was this like group of soldiers uh, who rose up to defend humanity against this Omnic crisis and they were eventually victorious um, and then subsequently disbanded and where Overwatch 1 picks up is um, uh, you know turmoil has started again there's rumors that another AI robot war is on the horizon there's this um, terrorist group known as Talon that is uh, going around doing nefarious things mm-hmm. uh, and Winston uh, hot smart gorilla <laughs> puts out the call to action to uh, um, bring the band back together and uh, bring Overwatch back to its Win- Winston the hot gorilla walked so Jack Black Bowser could run <laughs> <laughs> but see Wait, like we haven't think about we haven't those met since that trailer but we'll talk about that later <laughs> think about the story you just said and why isn't this on Netflix? Why yeah, hasn't right. HBO Max picked this up? Like, that, Overwatch has been out for how long? We already have a League show. We yeah. already have a, a I was just cyberpunk say, show. There's Where the is the show? I would eat it. When when I found out there wasn't, like, an, an Overwatch TV show for Netflix, I was actually confused. I was like, wait, wasn't that what Arcane was? And I'm like, wait, no, that's a League show. But watching <laughs> Arcane, I'm like, oh, why isn't... They just take the, just take the Overwatch videos and make them longer and put them on Netflix. Like, that seems like... The perfect yeah. brand synergy moment, not that like Blizzard. Or just make ideas. one movie. You know, yeah, I mean, there's like there's like over thirty characters. How do you fit everyone in one movie? But you know, this this feels so right for media, and I feel like that's one of the reasons that was cited why Microsoft was interested in so and mm-hmm. so much into Activision and Activision Blizzard was because yeah. all of this is so ripe to, for lack of better terms, manipulate and uh, and uh, exploit <laughs> yeah. uh, further than just video games and comics. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because the Microsoft uh, acquisition hasn't gone through yet. So, like, in the next few years, I wonder um, what Phil Spencer and the crew is going to do to, um, you know, capitalize on... Uh, all this IP that Blizzard mm-hmm. owns. It's going to be mm-hmm. real fascinating to mm-hmm. see. But yeah, it is it is kind of baffling how they haven't um, capitalized off of this yet. Because mm-hmm. when you watch those shorts, again, listeners, if you like, even if you have no interest in a competitive uh, first-person 5v5 shooter, I implore you to go watch these shorts because they're really cool little superhero stories that have a lot of uh, charm and heart to them. Um, Despite the fact that the company that makes them has a lot of problems, which might be why we haven't had a TV show yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, to continue on the lore thing, it, it's, you know, another thing that's kind of, and I know it's a subject we're going to talk about. Another thing that is kind of annoying to me is kind of the, kind of like the veil that is representation sometimes. Yes, yeah. And by that, I really, I, I really, and we're going to focus on them, Tracer and Soldier. Yeah. Um, 76. They're both queer characters, mm-hmm. but you want to know how you find out they're queer? Through little comics. Through little comics. <laughs> through like one panel. One yeah. panel or like one picture that's on his desk at the end of the panel. And yeah. it's just... Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not enough, and I don't like it's, it. It's giving bare minimum. It's giving It's, it's bare giving Dumbledore minimum. was gay the whole time. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Very. Oh, although I think uh, the difference with Overwatch, I mean, didn't we, like, know Tracer was gay before the game even came out? Like, it was talked about. No. 
Um, it, oh, it was it talked was about confirmed. outside the game. Oh, okay. I don't know. It was confirmed uh, shortly after the game came out in like a 2016 like Christmas comic was when mm-hmm. we first got that comic of Tracer. Um, I think she was like on a hunt to get the perfect gift for her roommate, who she then kisses at the end, and you're like, oh, and they, oh, they were roommates. roommates. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I will say I agree. It's very bare minimum. I will say kind of dope that the two queer characters are also like the two like flagship characters. Of yes. The, yeah. Uh, of They're the, the ones that I, uh, that I'm the most familiar with just from seeing ads for the game. Yeah. Tracer is very much the Pikachu of the franchise. Yes. I mean, she was in ready player one. I think she's the character. She's that, the like, logo for overwatch league. Yeah. And my yeah, God, does she have league. an ass that will not quit? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was playing the tutorial again as soldier 76 and I'm like, damn, she's just walking up those stairs. She's bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we have Soldier 76, who, like you said, is the tutorial character. You also see him on a lot of the promo art and box art. Um, and they made his ass gay, too, which is mm-hmm. kind of slay. Um, and he's also like, so, yeah. I don't know, he has white hair. I don't know if he's like, I don't know what his age is, but it's nice to see a not like young twink gay character. It's nice yeah. to see like. Oh, but you can get his young twink skin, though. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, amazing. <laughs> you can either play him as an old queen or a young twink. No but like, I listen, just like Captain America in Infinity War, I live for his Overwatch 2 look with that beard now. Come on, yeah. daddy. Yeah, the beard and the scar. It's giving. It's, it's giving. giving. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's and, the other thing, too. And so those are, yeah, you finish. I, I was just going to say, all these characters are very, very hot. <laughs> Well, okay, well, that's kind of what I was going to say is, like, I know Tracer and Soldier 76 are, like, the only two, like, canon-confirmed queer characters, but I look at this entire roster and I'm like, this is what going to the club looks like. Like, I've seen, <laughs> I have seen so many of these homosexuals uh, uh, in yeah. so many different parts of my lives that I'm like, head canon, all of these people are queer. And I do feel like that is part of where, like, the community around Overwatch comes in and the, that, that we can just kind of make these characters gay, whether or not Blizzard says that they are, because well, they yeah. don't seem because they don't seem to engage that much with these characters' backgrounds because it's not really Literally, in the game I at was all. gonna say, I think an un- unintended like plus side of the fact that this game is so like loose lore, um, you know, not strict storytelling, is that it allows us as queer players to read in between a lot of the lines and like create, like you said, our own hand- headcanons around these characters and their identities and uh, who we see them as. Like for me, I wrote this here in the show notes, but Junkrat and Roadhog are a couple to me in my head. <laughs> um, I think like even like in Junkertown, like in the little like lobby, uh, which is their like. Um, a lot of the characters like have um, maps that are based on their like real world locations, uh, but in their little hut they like share a bed, and it's like okay, well this is. A little <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I just love like looking at all these characters and being like, yeah, there's something a little fruity about this one. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that and that plays into the fun of it being like a team shooter game where you know yeah. you can play so many different characters, and you know it's the character that you pick it's first person but what matters is that the other players you're playing with see that that's who you are and it becomes a, a, an mm-hmm. extension of yourself and like that ability to be able to put on so many of those different characters and you know have your own headcanon of them being queer it, it adds that sort of personalization element that i think um yeah. really comes through especially in multiplayer games where it's about you know you know founding real connections between actual players through a digital space mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Also, who's the hottest? Oh, God, who's the hottest? Oh, yeah, oh my God. They're all pretty gorge. Reaper, when he takes off that damn mask. Is, uh, <laughs> so Reyes. So you're into yeah. some, some Reyes action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I live for some daddy soldier, but, yeah. you know, Baptiste would bat an eyelash and I would, you know. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to say that on a podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that it. sentence. Baptiste can light me up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, Moira, uh, yeah, Moira with her David Bowie skin, her glam mm-hmm. skin, give me androgyny, give it to me. I live. <laughs> um, also, the Shimuras can get it. Hanzo and Genji, um, <laughs> both hot. Um, oh, how, Mac- how are you? Sorry, not McCree. Wait, we need to talk about that. <laughs> yes, let's. The, the, Wait, who is this? So the Which cowboy, the cowboy Cassidy, as he's now called mm-hmm. Cassidy. Um, was renamed that because his former name was McCree, named after um, a. Was his Wait, first name also Jesse? M- McCree and Cassidy are the same character. They're the same person. He was. Oh formerly my god! Known as okay. Until I've been Ma- sitting here. It's like I I keep wanting to say the cowboy because I don't remember if his name is McCree or Cassidy. But I was both. I was yeah. right in both yes. instances. Why did they do uh, that? Yeah, What's, you're right in happened? both instances. Um, basically, he was one of the people who was. Um, uh, had some allegations brought against him when the uh, sexual assault allegations started at Blizzard uh, mm-hmm. headquarters. Not the character, but they had wait, 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 wait hold on, wait, a real life sorry, <laughs> they named yeah. the character McCree after a real life dev. Yeah, he's uh, oh, the game, uh, a Blizzard oh, okay, game designer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, which led to a big conversation of like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be naming fictional characters after uh, people who probably have complicated uh, personal history. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. What should we so talk they, about they, the, that? They the, renamed the him of it all. Oh yeah, go for it. Oh well, I mean, uh, well, I was gonna lead into, I guess, what's going on with Blizzard and why these changes have to have to come about at all, and how it plays into what's going on right now with Overwatch. Yeah, uh, yeah where to begin with that? Um, <laughs> we've talked about it on the pod before. I think we kind of, you know, lightly covered it as it was uh, coming out last year. Um, but yeah, the company Activision Blizzard has been embroiled in a slew of um, sexual assault and misconduct lawsuits and allegations. Just there's been a large, large um, conversation about, um, you know, uh, the machismo culture around this company that for a long time touted itself as a uh, really diverse and great place to work. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, is... Um, a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't have too many thoughts on it right now, but it's, um, I don't know, interesting to look at this game and um, the legacy that it is trying to paint. Uh, we talked earlier about, um, you know, how this game is very much about, um, you know, diversity and uh, showcasing, like, characters from all different backgrounds and whatnot. And it's unfortunate to see that, like... Um, you know, white supremacy and patriarchy have uh, undermined that in um, the practices of the company that um, made the game itself. Um, I don't know. Do y'all have any thoughts on? It's it's very it's very much giving like J.K. Rowling Harry Potter, where yeah. we can enjoy the product, but then finding out where the product, you know, who built the product, um, and what their real or excuse me, where their and their alleged behavior comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 really have to think about. Um, you know, is this a product I want to support? You know, that's one of the things yeah. I learned a lot in film school and in art in general was like the argument of can you separate the art from the artist? And because there have been problematic artists throughout our whole history, I know that I wrestled with it a lot 
during Overwatch 1 when all the mm-hmm. allegations started coming. Um, and for me, I was like, listen, I'm not buying skins. I'm not giving them any more money. I mean, out of uh, buying the game in 2016 when I did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm still kind of on that track. I'm not buying this fucking battle pass like no. Um, but, you know, it's good that um, it's good that there's investigations happening. And, yeah. and, and, and it's definitely something that needs to be communicated to the uh, audience and to the player base, because I think now more than ever, um, especially for the new generation, I am an elder millennial for the new generation where these things really, really matter and really are at a forefront of the change that they want to see happen in a society and culture with their generation. And I'm mm-hmm. all for it. I'm that meme that it, that's like, yeah, get them old. It's like, let's go yeah. for it. Like, I've just <laughs> and, been and waiting it, for the youngins to help me get the numbers to make some change happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's great to hear from you, an elder millennial. And I think it's a thing that's becoming even harder to ignore. I mean, mm-hmm. Blizzard keeps getting these lawsuits filed against it. So it's not like it's something that really can be swept under the rug at this point. Yeah. Literally, um, as of last week, another lawsuit has been filed by a Jane Doe um, saying, yeah, I experienced a lot of um, sexual harassment and abuse. There are currently 30,000 people in the queue to submit a lawsuit against <laughs> God. That is a joke, everyone, to Overwatch 2's launch. Yeah. Uh, it launched with Which has also issues. been rough in its own way. <laughs> yeah, that's also been its own mess. Um, yes. Yeah, launched with a lot of issues. Uh, the first day that it came out, uh, you were greeted with... a. Um, a message that said, you are, uh, there's 30,000 players ahead of you trying to get in. Um, I spent several hours uh, waiting in that little... And then and then once you got to zero and it said connecting it to game server, it would kick you out and then you'd <laughs> yep. be in spot 30,000 oh. once again. Yeah. Um, and it's, it gotten, it's gotten better though, right? It's, it's more or less fixed at this yeah. point. Blizzard said they got DDoSed a few times during launch. And then, you know, like everything, there are, there's always, unfortunately, launch problems. It, it, it mm-hmm. seems to come with the territory. Is your game online? It's not going to work for four days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Um, they are giving everyone a free Reaper skin as a way to say, Sawi, we messed up. <laughs> Sawi. Oh, is that and, why and I a little, that? Nice. And yeah. a little med kit charm. What do you guys Which, think of the charms? What? Ugh, the, okay, the new cosmetics in Overwatch 2. The thing is, uh, can you even equip them? I don't know how. I don't you know can, how. So it's a UI you issue. You select it, and then you have to hit equip at the bottom. Oh, slay. Yeah. Um, it used to be on the on the right side of the screen in Overwatch 1. I know this, too, because I kept trying to equip the rainbow charm on everybody. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, like, you can use legacy coins, and it's really cheap. So, like, now Zenyatta has this cute little rainbow on his hand, and I'm just like, yes, work slay. Um, <laughs> that's cute. But, uh, you, yeah, it's a UI issue, and I, I'm having a lot of UI issues. And that's it's just, again, it's so fascinating to look at these multi-million dollar projects, and then you put them in front of people, and you see all of these issues where it's like oh people yeah. don't get it that's not translating that's not working yeah. yeah it's been very interesting to see uh overwatch 2's approach to um cosmetics um so they've switched like we said to a battle pass system from a loot box system which had its own um you know uh problems and detractors uh 
basically it was a blind box where you would play and every time you level up after a couple matches, you would get a free loot box. And you could, of course, shell out good old U.S. dollars and buy as many as you want to essentially gamble for cosmetics. Mm -hmm. Uh, They caught a lot of flack for that. It got um, banned in a few countries in Europe as straight-up gambling. Um, And honestly... I will say I do kind of miss it just because now the only way to get skins is through, um, you know, buying currency to then Mm -hmm. spend $20 on a skin, 20 literal US dollars Mm -hmm. on a skin or unlock the ones that are on the battle pass track. Um, So it just seems like a lot more limited. Uh, Seems like there's not as much like, um, you know, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the boxes. It's definitely a symptom of the industry at this point. Yeah, when Overwatch absolutely. 1 came out, we lived in an entirely different uh, monetization bad. strategy for online video games. Mm-hmm. And since then, the Fortnite craze, the yeah. Apex craze, the the Battle Arena craze uh, yeah. really came in. And so, it, it, you know, it's especially jarring for Overwatch 1 players because, you know, when an event happened, you know, if you won nine games, you got a skin. If yeah. you leveled up, you got a chance to get the skins. And then if you had something, if you open a loot box and you already had something, you got credits. So then you could yeah. buy it, you know, you could buy it yeah. within game currency. And in that way, Overwatch 2 is an entirely different situation where right now I'm on the free track. I'm level 50. I think I've gotten one skin, which is like a Winston skin I would never equip. The, but, yeah, uh, the Winston and the tactical gear. Yeah, Although. I would never equip that. I would never <laughs> equip that. And so, you know, I look at I look at all the things that the battle pass people get, and I was like, oh, but I would get that in a loot box before, yeah. but now you want me to pay for it? Yeah, um, mm. I will come out on this podcast and say that I did, unfortunately, purchase ah, the battle pass. Ah, Booerns, <laughs> Booerns here. No, 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 no. You know what? Shade button, shade button. Um, just because do. I did want like the new skin for the new hero and a, a couple of the other things, um, so I, I did shell out some money to uh, get that. But even still, I'm like, I probably won't buy the next one because it's not it's not really, you know, satisfying that part of my brain. Um, You'll say that until the next tank hero is like actually super gay, and 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 you you know you'd have to play forty hours <laughs> before like, you could well, get them. Yeah, here goes another uh, another mm-hmm. twenty of my dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're right; the jury's still out on whether or not I'll buy a battle pass. In the future. I'm still into battle pass, and you yeah. know what? If that means I just wear all my sickening Overwatch one skins for the rest of my yeah. Overwatch time playing, that's fine. My Oasis Symmetra skin is serving. She, I was I'm say living. Too, like, as a Overwatch one player, like it is great because I still have all my old skins. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I think I would it would be a different story if I was a new player who um wanted those things. And it is sad for the new players who, you know, will have a lot harder of a time to get these cool cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Um I think someone mm-hmm. calculated like the cost they would the cost it would be to straight out like buy every skin in the game and it was something like thirty thousand dollars or something crazy. Ridiculous. Like yeah. Um so I think they're they're catching a lot of flack for it. I know um Halo also went through similar problems with its um, launch of people being like, yeah, these um, these cosmetic prices are whack. So hopefully mm-hmm. Overwatch tools them, gives players a better way to unlock skins. Um, we'll see, because who knows what damn Bobby I mean, and, I mean, the crew are doing. I <laughs> mean, we gotta, we gotta tell them with our dollars, so yeah. they're not gonna get me just yet. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, sorry, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <GM>. <laughs> Um, I, w- I do want to say too, I think, um, a big part of this conversation too, is that the, um, 
original like creative director for Overwatch, Jeff Kaplan, um, left um, left Blizzard um, amid. I think it was before like the um, the sexual assault allegations started coming out um, while the Overwatch Two was still in development, but left due to creative differences and just because he felt it, it, it was his time. And a lot of people have been kind of pointing to his departure as kind of um, maybe a source of um, the new direction that this game is headed and how mm-hmm. maybe not ideal is. I don't know. I never want to like place too much faith in one individual, but um, I, I was about to say the same yeah. thing too. It's <laughs> just you know, sometimes people get stuck where they are. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and it, you know, and for all we know, it was more of a personal decision than a company decision. But it also yeah. could have been a company decision that you know was overriding a creative vision. Um, yeah. But no one person makes a video game, of course, and yeah. and no one person, especially in these high creative arts, no one person does it. So to point to one person and say this one person left means everything's wrong. I don't know. That's yeah. some like that 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 teeters on like toxic Star Wars fandom stuff True. that I just. Yeah. Can't can't, I can't step into. <laughs> yeah. It is just like, I, I think the reason I bring him up is because he was very much like a, like, Reggie Fizeme-esque figure of, like, he was kind of the face of Overwatch for a long time. And so, yeah. I don't know, I think fans kind of felt something uh, shift after his departure, which was interesting to watch. Um, and the other shift that I wanted to talk about, too, was how, like, this game went from a pretty, like, standard, you know, online multiplayer shooter and then... Um, the esports craze happened and they were like, oh, well, we could be making a lot of money, you know, with these professional esports players. Um, and they formed the Overwatch League, which has been on its own rocky journey. Um, mm. And a lot of people feel that, like, uh, the game has shifted more and more towards an esports focused um, meta, mm-hmm. um, which has been kind of like uh, interesting and kind of. Um, I don't know. Unfortunate to see how it's become less successful in ways as, you know, characters get adjusted in favor of, you know, the highest skilled players versus like, you know, the bottom 90% of players. Yeah, I um, really Blizzard does um for those unaware, Blizzard does do blog posts where they talk about, you know, some of the statistics that they mm-hmm. see with characters and win rates and and how they're adjusting stuff. I wish it was more transparent. Yeah. I wish I saw more of it. Um, because I'm also just like a big analytics nerd and I just love like figuring out the ways and seeing the ways that people really dissect a lot of the, yeah, this yeah, gameplay yeah. data. And I'm really fascinated by that. Uh, on the topic of Overwatch League, uh, in my day job, I was actually like two blocks away from Burbank Studios where the Overwatch, the former Overwatch League arena was. Oh, and wow. I got to go to some matches. And let me tell you, it's really fun. It's really fun in the same time, in the same vein that I've gone to like basketball games or soccer games or football games. And it's league. Leading to a lot of also construction. There's an esports arena in Vegas. There's an esports arena in Dallas. There's esports arenas popping up all over the place now. And for gaming, I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, and it's gaining a lot more respect. But yes, you know, as, as everything, once money starts coming in, things start getting a little gray. Yeah, um, yeah. But as far as the mainstream appeal and the mainstream acceptance of video games, it's a huge step. I mean, I how so many too, times yeah. can we talk about how our nerdiness on our dating apps is what turns someone off? Or we mm-hmm. meet someone and they go like, oh, you're playing video games? That's for children. I mean, for me on my own dating profiles, I went ahead and put as the first thing on a my dating profiles, I have caught all uh, 903 Pokemon. Because for me, I was like, (laughs) if they don't like that fact, 
I don't want to talk to them because it's not something that's really important to me. But if that's enough to make you go, eh, then I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. Um, yeah. But overall, do, just again, talking about the, the yeah. yeah, but again, like, to talk about the, like a badge of pride. So yeah, um, that way they, and, yeah. and, and to take it back to the good old Los Angeles gaming society again, with the, with the growing acceptance and mainstream acceptance that is gaming, it's yeah. really important too, that we also face the fact that there's a lot of misogyny in this game or yes. in this industry. Uh, it's, it, there's a lot of sexism and there's a lot of homophobia that has run rampant uh, throughout the entire existence of video games, since they became connected to the internet. And so again, with the Los Angeles gaming society, it's like, look, get out of the voice chats that call you names that talk down to you, that say things with a veil of anonymity because they feel like they can and come game and be around the people that know you that are like you and that, uh, want to embrace you. Yeah. Yeah, and team up with uh, team up. Oh with yes, a, team of five. Come up on that lags Discord. Yeah. Let's crew I was just up. Say, Let's plug go. The lags Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you one of the fun things we do, and I don't, I don't know if this is reverse bullying, but sometimes me and the lags crew will uh, crew up on Overwatch. We'll win, and then in the chat we'll just be like, "By the way, we're gay," just to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> We're gay and we t- TK'd you. Like <laughs> Is that bullying? Is that bullying? <laughs> no, it's called reparations, mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Work. gosh. Um, as we're kind of winding down, any final thoughts we have on Overwatch? Eric, as a like newer player, um, do you think you'll stick with it at all? Do you think you'll try to get into it more? Uh, what do you think? I... I don't know. I I was listen, yeah. just listening to this Battle Pass conversation just made me go, yeah, this mm-hmm. really isn't the way that I want video games to work in my life. Um yeah. and I think and I think mm-hmm. the last like week or so of me trying to get it over into Overwatch is me just sort of going, No, I'm I'm really a single player guy. I think when I when I focus in on the reasons why I like to play video games, they are for more story driven experiential environmental things i'm not a particularly like mm-hmm. competitive person when it comes to gaming and so i think that's why i find these games really hard to uh <laughs> to let to latch myself into and really feel like i i want to participate yeah. um and that's and that's okay i mean it's it's all about preference baby um i wasn't born this way yeah. it's fucking preference you might enjoy the pve content when it comes out so maybe so. you're yeah. not you, maybe if, you're when not that mis- comes, i'll check that out yeah um, also, oh. I want to formally apologize to you, Eric, because uh, I realized that when we played together the other day, um, I was going to play on my PS5, but I think I mentioned that the PS5 is having a lot of like lag issues. Um, so I played with you on PC, which did put you in with like the PC pool, which is... Uh, oh, is that typically... what was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were playing against a bunch of people who had a lot more um, control because PC is the way, Abby... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, I, <laughs> not I just PC Master Race. <laughs> I like um, video games are like my ADHD free space. So when I play games, I want to just wander around a space and not worry about like current objectives. Um, which is yeah. why, like you know, open world games with endless side quests do a lot more for me than yeah. games like Overwatch, where it's like, all right, now we got to run here, specifically and, like, it's time go sensitive. Specifically, we got to go yeah. attack these people, and I'm like, I just want to, I want to look at the architecture first. Can I get yeah. a feel for the space? Can I get a look at the I floor will say plan? It's, it's nice to go into like a training mode and just like look around the maps or like go into a little skirmish mm-hmm. and look at all the details because these are like really beautiful, like well crafted 
maps. That they are. Of, no, that, um, they're really beautiful. And and just moving through the spaces, I see environmental storytelling happening. Yeah. And I wish that I had the time to stop while I'm playing the game and actually look and see what's going on. But that's uh, yeah, without that's a not, well, that's not the kind of game we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah, but, but that's, again, that's, I, I don't know. I, I hope I'm not coming off as an overwatch hater. I think it's just a matter of, no, like, it's just a, yeah, these, these um, games don't do it for me. And I think especially in like the, when it comes to the queerness in the game, that also really doesn't do it for me. Like just knowing, knowing that there are queer characters in a game where their queerness really doesn't play into like anything other than just their, like, you know, identity in a bio somewhere, uh, you know, in a comic book or whatever, like, that also doesn't really motivate me to like want to spend more time in the world, even if they do like bring more sure, yeah. queerness from other characters or just in anything else in other way. So we'll see. I was watching a video about like the queerness in Overwatch from a YouTuber called uh, a Game Assist. And um, she coined this hmm. term in her video called um, queer catching, which is the opposite of queer mm-hmm. baiting, which is where you actually do have the queer character in your series, but don't actually like. Uh, you know, delve into it any further than Dude, just yeah. You know, it, this is this is here. <laughs> this is here, so we can say to the gay community, "Look, we like the gays." Um, Come on but, in, yeah. But but that. but in but in that way, it feels like oh, that's more of a company trying to meet a quota or a bottom line. You know, it's it's more mm-hmm. beneficial to them as a corporation than it is yeah. to the queer community as a service. And that's kind of the yeah. stuff that I don't really it's, want. I don't I don't want in in my you know queer media storytelling. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thoughts, Overwatch. Um, I I think Overwatch is a really cool, fun game that, for me personally, mm-hmm. brought me a lot of really great friends right now, and and really helped me throughout the pandemic um, uh, to meet new people and play with a, a bunch of lags members. Um, I will say, um, if not Overwatch, another game will come. And to me, it's about accessibility. And so, you know, I'm personally just kind of disappointed in, you know, they switched this free to play model, but then also hearing that, you know, if you have uh, uh, a, a not AT&T, not Verizon, not T-Mobile cell phone plan that you're not allowed to play through their two form authentication system yeah. and, and accessibility is so important to me. And so I, I think about I think about constantly the the kids that, you know, right now there are kids that the best thing that they got is a PS2. I have family in Colombia and we sent them a, a Wii in 2019 with every I, we, I went to so many games spots got the best games because they just don't have the accessibility there yet also just the 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 monetary value of of it over there is so huge and so when there's when there's gatekeeping in that way which you know it just feels tone deaf just feels really out of touch especially with this uh, phone number requirement that blizzard is doing right now it makes me go you know what it's not that people that don't have this awareness uh, don't work there it's you're not listening uh and so i implore blizzard as it continues to go through these allegations and these lawsuits and it's you know all the changes that will come from that that they start listening more than they have yeah period mm-hmm. we can yeah, only i hope. agree yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. Um, I was going to say on that note, I was wondering, cause I heard something about the phone number authentication of it all. Um, uh, and I remember now that they are rolling it back for people who played overwatch one, you won't be required to, uh, have your phone number. Uh, but if you are a new player, they still are going to require you to have, um, that phone number attached, which again, just like makes it inaccessible for 
a huge swath of people, which is yeah, wild. not into that, not cool. Yeah. No, which and, really and, is and, the most and important lacking part. awareness for, for for as much as I maybe like feel feel a little miffed by about the queer representation. That's really not the point at the end of the day. It's it's the point that queer people can connect at all, that anyone can connect at all through this video game space that really matters the most. So when I see Blizzard kind of fumbling in that way, it it, it doubly is like, come on, girl, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they have a lot of shit to get together. Let's just say that. That's Girl, okay. I mean, the allegations are there for a hundred, hundred for billions of dollars, dollars of dollars. So handy. much money. Yeah. Oh, wow. Money. Capitalism. And you know, and you know, <laughs> more fixes every problem. So I can't wait to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Overwatch 2. It's available on everything, even your switch. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, um, I can't. So <laughs> isn't that wild. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in just a minute with a little bit more Gay for Play. Uh, see y'all there, heroes. And we are back with more Gay for Play. Uh, thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. That is Brian, the president of the Los Angeles Gamer Society. Gaming. 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 Gaming, Gaming Society. <laughs> Fuck. I, I gave so you a shirt. Girl. I literally it's said on it your shirt. shirt. I almost went to my closet and like changed into the shirt so I wouldn't forget, but I'm like, no, no, I'm smart. I'm smart. I know that it's gamer with a Y. Don't I'm worry. Not people, make, people make the mistake all the time. Don't worry. Oh, it's just, it's our um, legal name, so I got to run with it. We we as queer people get to choose the name of our nonprofits. <laughs> <laughs> nonprofits. Uh, well, this is uh, the part of the show. It's a little closing segment where we talk about what else we're gay for this week. Little little bits of little bits of medium morsels that just uh, taste so gay and delicious in our swishy little mouths. And uh, I'm going to throw it to Lawrence first and ask whatever he's gay for this week. Lawrence, tell us all about it. Well, in approximately two hours, I don't know if it's coming out uh, midnight Eastern time or Central time, but there is new Carly, new Carly Wait, Ray. Is the album Girl, you stole my gay it thing. Okay, I won't talk about it then. But, <laughs> no, talk uh, about it. I'll just follow No, because I had something else that I was going to talk okay, about, so fine, I will just fine, say fine. that I, I am uh, ex- waiting with bated breath for Carly and also Taylor, kind of. I kind of am a, um, a low-key sweet Wait, what is, now. what is Taylor doing? She's dropping an album tonight. How, <laughs> how dare she do that to Carly Slay Jepsen? I know. It's so actually upsetting to me in my career that she's treading on the Princess of Pop in this wow. way. Wow. It is, it is Taylor. Who's writing about, so. that article right I now know. about that shade? Yeah, we need to tell. We need to. <laughs> we need to Listen, bring it to the we, attention. We need to stop pitting women against each other like this. <laughs> they were both represented by Scooter Braun at some point, and I don't <laughs> think either of them are. And that's some, like, Hollywood music industry tea that is yeah. not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so excited for new music, but what I'm gay for this week is a little video game that's in early access right now called Coral Island. Um, <gasps> oh my god, I saw, I saw you playing this. It looks so cute. It's very cute. So tell me if y'all have heard this one before. In Coral Island, you play as um, a person who um, uh, 
has just decided to kind of like um, quit their like city life, their corporate middle management job, and um, start anew by like moving to a rural community. And you're gifted a plot of land and uh, some tools and some seeds, and you're told to uh, make some money, plant some crops, and uh, you're not talking about Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing or Disney Dreamlight Valley or Ooblets or I'm talking about Coral Island. Um, yeah, this game is very, 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 uh, heavily influenced by Stardew. Um, but it's nice. I I really like it a lot. It seems like the twist here that they're going for, a couple things. It's set on, like, a, um, tropical island. Um, this game is being developed by a, um, Indonesian team, I believe. Mm. Um, and so there's, uh, just a lot of, like, great, like, Southeast Asian influence in the, like, uh, world building. Mm. Um, the, like, um, plot here, because... as in Stardew and all these games, um, capitalism has destroyed this community in some way. Basically, there was a big oil spill and it like ruined the tourism industry here in this island. And mm. um, it's up to you to help um, save the save the island and go scuba diving and, uh, you know, find a bunch of uh, neat little fish and stuff. <laughs> oh, I love neat little fish. OK, yeah. I'm sold. Um, yeah. And then it has a lot of the same um uh, Stardew DNA, uh, very much Stardew DNA, and just really like lovely uh, character design. Um, it's kind of reminding me of like um, like two D versions of like a um, like Disney characters. Um, mm. Kind of has that kind of like tangled Moana, um, Frozen kind of design, but it's just really charming in uh, in work, um, and it has a lot of really really hot cute characters that i'm already mm. falling in love with because oh. that's what i come to these games for at the end of the day is the romance and you can make and... them date right you can you can date yeah. them good yeah um, <laughs> good dating yeah and it's um you know it's giving uh farming sim default bisexuality for all these characters but um a lot of them are like i've noticed there's like some like more queer coded characters which is really cool mm. um one of them like called me cute the first time i met him and i was like okay we're getting married like tomorrow <laughs> 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 um but it's a lot of fun uh it's an early access right now so there are some bugs and whatnot um but it's an early access on xbox game pass um at least on the pc version i'm not sure if Ooh. it's on uh oh. console mm-hmm. um it may not be because i i checked today for the new stuff and i didn't see it on there yeah um but it's great um definitely check it out if you're a stardew head um i think it has a lot of uh potential and a lot of heart the other thing i was going to say about it too is that it seems like they were like what if we took stardew valley but made everything bigger um because the map the like town map is huge your like plot of land is like probably four times the size of your stardew uh farm um so it's like excessively huge and i think right now um uh, obviously the developers are going to be listening to feedback. I think my main piece of feedback is like kind of hard to traverse because there's just like so much space. And I don't know if like fast travel will be like implemented later because I'm pretty early on in the game, but it is uh, excessively huge. There's lots of characters, but um, they're going for a more is more approach, which I can't, uh, can't complain about too much at the end of the day. So Coral Island, check it out. It seems really dope. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Carly Rae Jepsen now. (laughs) Yeah, Brian, what are you gay for? (laughs) I was going to say Miss Carly Slade Jepsen. I was very, very fortunate to go see her show at the the Greek. Oh, you went to it? 
I went. Oh I went. Yes, I had a, a good number of friends who were there. I well, by the time I left the concert, I town I counted thirty eight Twitter gays I knew. So <laughs> it was everyone was there. Everyone was there. Um, but I'm super excited for the new album. Uh, I'm such a Carly Rae stan, and mm. uh, and you know I'm just I'm just so su- this is my third time seeing her, and she was yes. so good. There was this one. Oh God, uh, there was this one kid on TikTok that cracked me up. Uh, he's a he's a black Carly Rae stan, and he was trying to make the hashtag racist a thing. <laughs> R A E. C I S T and I was like, like a stand oh, name. no girl yeah as a stand name I'm like you're only, only you could get away with that got me and I was Racist, dying over put your it. paws up oh. <laughs> could you imagine uh, but no she's she's really really great I'm really excited for her new music the other thing that I'm super gay for right now is uh, the new Final Fantasy 16 trailer dropped oh my god it and so there's old, there's so many new details and artwork and everything Ooh. and and I'm like cautiously optimistic because yeah. um, it's feeling a little Game of Thrones to me mm-hmm. in a lot of what the the visual like uh, uh, inspiration looks very Game of Thronesy to me. Yeah. Um, but after the serve that was Final Fantasy VII remake, I Literally my faith that. my faith restored in Square Enix, and this is uh, Creative Business Unit Three, which made Final Fantasy XIV Online Realm Reborn. And all the subsequent um, uh, expansions after that. Versions of Final yes. Fantasy yeah. That uh, that uh, I'm upgrading myself to ca- from cautiously optimistic to optimistic. Yeah, that's good to know. I didn't know that that was the nice. team that was behind. Yes, FF16. yes. That's, that so is I mean, it is. It is. I'm a little like you know we're switching to a very Devil May Cry kind of battle system. Yeah. Uh, I just I want Square Enix to replicate Final Fantasy VII remakes gameplay into everything. Literally the yeah. most everything. fun I've ever had with like a JRPG game. It's so good. They nailed it. They Truly? nailed it in such a way where I forgive final. This is going to be controversial. Controversial take. Uh, I forgive the for I forgive them for the existence of Final Fantasy 13 and 15 because they, <laughs> they got their bad 3D battle system ideas out of the way yeah. and then made the absolute slay. That was Final Fantasy seven remakes gameplay. Uh, I'm so glad to hear that you are a fellow um, FF seven remake supporter because truly that does sit in my memory as like. One of the best JRPGs I've played in, in literal years. In One of the top best, games best games since Final ever. Fantasy XII. Yeah. Yeah. Bold statements on all ends. It's that good. Oh my god, right at Y'all. the end, my therapist calls this uh, doorknob confessions. Here are all my controversial takes if you made it to the end <laughs> yes. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wait, going back to Carly Rae really quick. Can we talk about the Persona 5 re- reference in the yes. bridge to her song? <laughs> Literally. Yeah, it's giving get, Wake Up, get, up, get Out There absolutely down. Also, I tweeted like a comparison and literally three hours later, Atlas West tweeted out like, yes, when, like they were like Carly Rae slash Wake Up, Get Out There collab when. Oh my God. <laughs> so I she literally sampled that. it, right? Like there's no, if Atlas is confirming it, are they confirming that she literally sampled Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There? No, I, I don't think know they're, if just, a, they're just running with it. They're just yeah, running, they're with, running it. with it. But it is like, I mean, but I will say uh, the Madonna of Vogue Queens remix. It's Queens remix, right? I forget what it's called. I think it's Um, the Queens remix. The Queens remix. Mm -hmm. That was a fan made remix that he was hired that that he was then hired to help produce. And then they released it. So if any 
like TikToker remixer is listening to this uh, this podcast, remix yeah. that shit, put it on TikTok, and who knows, maybe Atlas or Carly Slay Jepsen's yeah. gonna call you, and then get we're gonna that. have the bop of the winner, the bop of cuffing season. Truly, get that CRJ CRJ slash Sega money. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I'm so excited for. Um, that album, which I will be listening to in like T minus two hours. In a few hours. No, I'm, I'm probably yeah. going to put it on tonight too. Yeah. Oh my God. It'll be the only album. This is not a read or anything. It'll be the only album to get me to stop incessantly listening to some listening Renaissance. To Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. It's just added to the rotation. It's not, it's yep. not replacing. It's just added to the rotation. Yeah. I'm so glad that collectively we have decided that we are a um, Jepsonite yeah, uh, here and um, also Taylor, good luck, girl. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll. you'll <laughs> I'm not personally a Swifty, but I live for the girls that do. I was not a Swifty until um, folklore and Evermore, and then I was like, okay, I see the vision. It um, took yeah, it took me about till that long to finally like yeah. be on the train with her. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, friend of the pod, uh, friend of the. I won't expose them in case they will. They are embarrassed by this, but they are. Almost like they're like I am certain that this is going to be um, Taylor's coming out album. Which there are ooh, rumors. Big, big there are rumors. There are yeah. rumors. Um, uh, yeah, there are rumors. I, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, some of that I feels like some of the same headcanon as we just discussed with Overwatch characters. Yeah, and yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of like, listen, there's. As much, I'm if not, not more, for the Taylor until Swifties. you say it. I'm not going to yeah. believe it mm-hmm. until you say it, and I try not to entertain any rumors. Same. And so, if and when she decides is and wants to tell, I'll listen. But I'm not. I, I try not to do hand cannon, especially with real people. Yeah, We're talking same, about Taylor same. coming out as a furry, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Slay. I yep, welcome you know her. <laughs> Uh, um, Eric, all right. Well, yeah. Can I can week? I close it out this week? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it is, ladies, my favorite time of year. Uh, October, Cocktober. The girls are spooky and scary. Um, and uh, last year on the podcast, I shared like my five like LA haunt things that I did that I that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I'm going to do uh, another top five this year, but it's going to be just more general art and media this year that has really gotten me uh, in the mood for uh, the Halloween season uh, because it's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are either of you big on Halloween? Where do you rank it? I, I rank it Halloween. above Christmas for me. No, that's sorry. I love I love the baby Jesus being born into this earth <laughs> uh, much more than dressing up in cantando las novenas. Yeah, exactly. Getting getting the little um, the little plastic Jesus and the piece of bread. That's my this goal. is when my mom starts like really cooking <laughs> Colombian food. Like we we Ooh. get it sparsely through the year, but you know the the Colombian traditions come out, and yeah. I and I gain ten pounds happily. <laughs> um, but yeah, Halloween I fucks with her. Um, so. So carry on. (laughs) Carry on. Yeah. So uh, first on my list, uh, it's a new game. A lot of people have been playing it and talking about it called Scorn. Uh, This is a game that's on Game Pass. It's um, if you're familiar with the works of H.R. Giger, uh, he he is responsible for the design of the alien from the alien franchise. Um, Just a just a really like 
gross blending of like biology and mechanical like science fiction into like mm-hmm. one single art style. Um, and there's this new game that came out uh, by this uh, indie dev team called Scorn that is basically uh, think games like uh, Amnesia or um, Soma, although there's not, it doesn't have the typical like run and hide from monsters. It is just sort of a puzzle walking sim, maybe closer to Mist in that way. It is just sort of a, you are in these grand grotesque environments um, and being asked to do these uh, really gross and disgusting things. A lot of like the imagery is uh, sexual and a very like primal animalistic, like, uh, you know, turning sex into something that is mechanical and violent and dangerous. You have a gun that is literally like just a proboscis that shoots like this little penis thing. That's like a tongue that like, pulls stuff towards you it's really oh gross uh it's it's yeah. really disturbing I the trailer for this game and i was like yeah mm, yeah this is too much yeah no it might be too but, much yeah. for me too yeah um but I, I i do recommend it purely on the the art style alone only because i i don't think the puzzles themselves are anything all that special it, it is either stuff i've seen before or stuff that is so weird and obtuse that it doesn't really make you feel smart when you figured it out it just makes you feel like you did stuff by accident um, and whether or not that's good game design, I think it's cool that this game exists as a uh, thing that is difficult to handle, um, even from a gameplay sense of, of the word. It's almost like this game is a gross thing that doesn't want you to interact with it, and yet it exists anyway. And I, <laughs> I, I like that. I like that weird, spooky, like cursed object feeling that the game has mm-hmm. in that way. So uh, check it out if you want. I, I got it like, maybe like two hours into it. I don't think I'll finish it, but... Uh, it definitely gave me just chills and gross feelings, which, you know, it's it's Halloween. It's Halloween! It's Halloween, baby. Okay, what's Halloween. what else is on your list, babe? What else is on my list? Um, I'm watching the Shudder uh, documentary series called Queer for Fear. Um, it is Ooh, a, yeah, a, um, a multi-episode miniseries that covers um, the history of queer people in the horror genre. Um, going all the way back to Mary Shelley and Oscar Wilde um, up through like the silent era and Alfred Hitchcock. And I think it's going to go into like 80 slashers and the present day. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It, it really explains uh, uh, in, in a very succinct way why queer people love horror. You know, it is a genre about, uh, you know, otherness and, you know, being viewed as disgusting by society and very taboo things that people don't want to deal with or interact with. And queer people have been the ones who have pioneered that type of storytelling since its inception. And so it's a really excellent uh, series that really focuses in on, uh, you know, the the queerness that's always been there, even if it's never been fully explicit um, in, in, in horror as a genre. Uh, leading into my third uh uh, scary, spooky thing I've done this year. I watched Psycho for the first time. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Mm. Have, either, have either of you seen this movie before? The original yeah, I Psycho. I, I feel like it's I've a, absorbed so much of it through cultural osmosis, but right. I've never seen it. I, I I felt the same way. This movie's a goddamn masterpiece. Um, <laughs> it's 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 so good, and it, and I think it has been so culturally osmosis absorbed. Like everyone remembers the shower scene, and everyone knows that Norman Bates is the killer, and that he like his mother is like this weird controlling force, and that she's actually dead, or or whatever. Um, but when you watch the movie for the first time, you it's so insane how it, much the movie wants you to sympathize with Norman Bates as a character because it's hiding from you that he is the monster until the very end. Um, and the way that just Hitchcock makes him and 
um, Marion Crane, the woman who he ends up killing in the shower, both of them, these very sympathetic protagonists who are doing these very uh, dirty, devilish, taboo things. Um, it really still holds up and it's so fucking beautiful. Like as a black and white film, the way that, you know, light and dark contrasts and just the, the psycho psych, the psychosexual uh, uh, undertones of like the, the dialogue and the themes going on in this movie. It's so, it's so good. And I'm really glad that I watched it also super gay. Anthony Perkins was like, a gay actor who like imbued the role of Norman Bates with such like inherent queerness that it's kind of uh, inseparable, like the, the queerness from that character, even though it was never, you know, a, a fully, you know, sexual, explained, yeah. yeah, fully sexual or ever explained thing um, in, in the series. Um, really good, really good stuff. Fourth thing. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, Leadhead, um, released a video on PT uh, which is this, uh, if you haven't heard of oh, it, I this, love PT. Uh, we know urban, PT. it's, it's, it's a real like urban legend video game. I, I, I put it up yeah. there with games like Ben drowned, like these, these fictional games that like are, that have this horrific thing that are lost to time, except PT is a real game. Um, that Hideo yeah, Kojima made Hideo thing. Kojima made as a teaser for a Silent Hill game that he was going to make that never got made. It is yeah. also now famously Which, by the um, way, unavailable to play. Coming out for PS5. I'm getting to my fifth mm-hmm. thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, um, but yes, PT uh, uh, was was uh, removed from the PlayStation Store. It is impossible to play. You can like buy Playstations that still have it installed for like thousands of dollars Maybe. now. It is gonna, it is I'm such gonna, a, a rarity and a, a interrupt well, do you, have you it? real quick. Yeah. I have two Playstations with <gasps> PT still playable. <gasps> so oh, I'm literally I've had friends I've had friends come over to play it. Uh and I'm not only just sitting on a literal gold mine, both the PlayStation 4s that I have that still have PT and playable, they're actually both numbered limited edition PlayStation <gasps> 4s. One oh is the God, 20th Ryan. anniversary gray, original gray PlayStation 4, and there were only 12,000 of them made. And the other is the 500 millionth celebration translucent blue limited edition PlayStation 4 Pro. So both my limited editions have PT and it's still playable. And I have I like as recently as a couple months ago, Zach Bruner, who's part of lags that does our artwork for flyers. He came over and I was like, girl, you've never played PT. Ooh, I know what we're doing. It's so it's so fucking scary. It's it, it's legit. Like it's I think so one of the scary. scariest things ever made. It's um, because so scary. it is such a short. It's such a short experience that like to this day people really don't understand how it works or why it works or what it even is about or what it means. It's such a such a weird weird thing. Um, and uh, it's one of the things on, that will be lost in time. Yeah, yeah. Which, but, and, you know, adds what? even more to the like, horror and mystery if, of it. If the Smithsonian exactly. wants to make an offer on this PlayStation, so we can make sure <laughs> this is preserved forever, you go. Yeah. You can call me. Are there ways to? Yeah. No. It, emulate. No. Wow. No, it's fully I, I delisted. I, read, I thought I read somewhere that like people are like modding their PS5s to play it, but you still would have to have a PS4 that has PT it on it to was, it on the PS5. It was playable on the PS5 before the PS5 was released, like game game sites that had uh, early access to the console um, before launch. They transferred their PS4 games to PS5. It's a really simple process, and PT used to work. And then with the uh, system update that came out right before the public launch of the PS5, it disabled pt wow mm. 
Yeah, so no, you and, can and literally like, only play it on a PS4 that already has it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it is it is a shitty thing of like Konami like technically like owns PT, even though Hideo Kojima like doesn't work at Konami anymore. And like they would never put the game back out because it is a teaser for a game that never got made, so they would never do it. But the game will just yeah. always remain, which this you know, lost object. PT but, it, but that adds to the myth of it. Like I don't want PT yeah. to ever be released. Like I want it's, it to be this lost thing. Yeah, PT um, was the teaser for Silent Hills by Hideo Kojima, which he was in collaboration with uh, Guillermo del Toro, and it was going to star Norman Reedus of Walking Dead fame. But you know what happened? Then Sony started got working with Kojima production and we got Death Stranding. Let me tell you, I have the Platinum. I think that is one of the best games of the last decade. Oh my god, another controversial take. I think Ryan, you have to come back for the Death Stranding episode. I agree with you. It's one of the best games ever made and the fact that we got Death Stranding instead of whatever Silent Hills is going to be, I will always be grateful for. Um, Lawrence, you need to play. It's on Game Pass. I will. Now for PC. I'll play you the Norman play Reedus it. piss game. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> play the Norman Reedus piss <laughs> game. It's, it's so, so good. Gay. I have the platinum trophy. That's wow. how much I love that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is weirdly one of the most like soothing, like meditative. Once you get into it, once you get into it, it's a it's a rough first, you know, twenty hours and, or so, and then and then once it clicks, baby, you're in. And yeah. the soundtrack is stupendous go on mm-hmm. apple music go on spotify go listen to that soundtrack mwah, mwah. so much original music so good Slay. yeah i i am excited to get to it i still need to finish persona 5 which oh my especially God. now that like now that more people are going to be able to play it i need to actually finish it um, yes that. now that it's uh, getting that hours to beat it the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, uh, finally, my fifth thing. Also, I didn't finish my fourth thing. I was recommending a video by Lighthead about PT. Go watch that. She's an incredible trans yeah. like YouTube. Link in the bio. A video essayist. I'll link all this shit in the bio. Five, the Silent Hill Direct happened. It was really good. And also just really a really weird and creepy direct. It wasn't called a direct. I think it was a, a Silent Hill transmission. But like even the presenters in the presentation were like, presenting in this very awkward uncanny way that made the presentation itself weird but anyway we got a silent hill 2 remake we got a silent hill game made by annapurna studios we're getting a new silent hill movie we're getting a weird interactive silent hill game made by bad robot and jj abrams question mark um and then just a new installment in the silent hill series that's so much silent hill and I'm excited. Yeah, I don't know if either of you are excited. I like Silent Hill I, a lot. I think it's a really cool, weird series. Definitely excited, but also just it's so fascinating. Konami's kind of like disappearance from the mainstream gaming world post Metal Gear Solid Five, mm-hmm, And right. it's just also so interesting to have seen them can, obviously because it was issues with Hideo Kojima, um, can Silent Hills and then now suddenly be so gung ho about it? About the series. I mean, I, well, it, it seems it's, like it's most kind of, of the out projects, of nowhere. 
most of the projects were like Konami, people came to Konami saying, hey, we have an idea for a Silent Hill thing. Can we make it? It doesn't seem like they're going out and doing the, you know, the, they're not going out with ideas and finding people. At least that's what it seemed like from the direct. And maybe that was just a trans, a translation because it was Listen. Japanese to English, but it seems like, but, and, but you know, like Annapurna making a game, like they're, they're not, they've never been affiliated with Konami before, but the fact that they're being lended that IP to tell their own stories really neat. Um, the movie I'm Someone not so sure please about. Sell it's, Metal Gear Solid to Sony or somebody because I need more Metal Gear. Tea. I, That's I another think we'll, I think we'll get a mini series at some point. It feels inevitable. Metal Gear Solid that, Two that make a... was so ahead of its time. Still to this day, and right now, Dude, every the Metal only Gear ways Solid to game play is... it, even in its storytelling and just how much he predicted would happen, it's it's mind boggling. Right yeah. now, you can you can. And play I think Death Stranding does the exact HD same thing. Collection. We got to talk about it. Yes, the HD collection you can play on Xbox 360 backwards compatibility on your Xboxes. On PlayStation, the only available is the PS3 copy, which, as we know, is not incredibly not backwards right. compatible right now. Uh, um, but I still have a working PS3, and I still have a copy of it, and I still need to revisit it, because Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 are fabulous games. Right. I'll add them onto the... <laughs> to the good oh, old girly we got so many podcast episodes once <laughs> you catch up yeah you'll have to be back you'll have to be back and talk i, I would love yeah, to be back I, I have still never yeah. played a metal gear solid game and i feel like such a buffoon because i've i've, yeah, I've played like i've played like the first hour of four and that's all oh but but, but then i played Death stranding and it's one of my favorite games of all time so i was like oh then i yeah. no question i should go play these but it's not but it's hard to play old video games and that's not my fault it's yeah. capitalism's fault yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the scariest um, thing about Halloween, baby. Yeah, capitalism is the scariest monster of them all. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um number six. Next to Pyramid Head. List. Oh, what's number six? Uh Chainsaw Anime is out now. Chainsaw Man anime is out Chainsaw now. Chainsaw Man anime. And it's fantastic. Eric. The more I hear you talk about like horror shit, the more I'm like, it's insane to me that you haven't gotten into Chainsaw Man yet. And now's the perfect opportunity for you and listeners for you to get into Chainsaw Man too. It's wonderful. Are there it's on Crunchyroll two streaming out, now? Two out so far. Yeah, there's two episodes out now. Um, I'll talk about it more probably next week or next episode. Um, but it's really great. I love it a lot. Um, yeah. It's on my list. Yeah, it's on my list it's too. So it's it's on my to do soon list. I promise. Yeah. Um. Yes. And that's Slay. it. And then should wow. we say for we're we are we're gonna do sort of an official Halloween episode um for our next episode. We will. Should we just and announce what it is now since we yeah. since made it this far? Um we're gonna we're be going talking back about to kind the of a Legend of Zelda. We're gonna go back to Termina and uh finally meet Majora's mask. We're gonna talk about Marjorie Taylor Green's mask. Oh Lord. <laughs> They should they no. should add a Make America Great Again hat as a mask to Majora's mask. Oh that would make it that would make it top tier horror. God, no, I can't I can't continue with this bit. But yeah, we're talking about Majora's mask next episode. I'm really excited. One of the best Zelda games ever. So good. I think I'll be it's listening. It's it's in my top three. It's yeah. in my top three Zelda games. And also the scariest. Yeah. I mean, we're doing it for Halloween for a reason. It's the it's the scariest Zelda game, no question. It's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Nightmare Fury feel as a child and still like just kind of existentially horrifying. Um, mm. Even to this day, 
Playing in yeah. 2022 is just as chilling as it was when I was a child. Yeah. We'll talk about it next well, time. Yeah. We'll all talk right. about the way it's a climate change metaphor and all that good spooky shit on the next wonderful episode of Gay for Play. But for now, um, we must say goodbye to this truly fantastic reinvigorating episode of Gay for Play. Um, yes. Brian, thank, thank you, you so, again, so much. Thank you again, Brian. absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you guys for having me. Uh, again, uh, if you are interested in learning more about the LA Gaming Society or joining, go to uh, LAGamingSociety.org. It's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G. Uh, if you're not in the LA area, fear not, there are other unofficial sister gaming organizations uh throughout north america uh you can find my tiktok b rye was taken and i go through all the other sister orgs out there um so if you're not in the la area but you still want to find a group like the la gaming society i promise you most your cities have one so let's help you connect with those groups and let's keep uh doing good for our communities and finding our communities and our friends ourselves yes absolutely and links to all that will be in the bio below check it out um, as for us, we are on Twitter and Instagram at GayForPlayPod. Um, you can email us at GayForPlayPodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts about the show. Um, let us know what your Halloween gaming reckies are, or just Halloween reckies in general. Um, and like I said, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash GayForPlayPod if you'd like to support the show. Financialista. Um, yeah. Well, you can find Slay, boys. Slay. <laughs> I'm a ghost now. <laughs> you can find me online at Eric of the Sun. Remember to put underscores between all of those words. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and online places at Afroman76, which is not a Soldier 76 reference, but it's not mm-hmm. not a Soldier 76. But it's not reference. not, I live, exactly. I live. Yeah. And hey, <laughs> if you like this show, leave us a review on iTunes and on Spotify, which I heard yes. you can do now. Let us know what you yeah. think of the show. Get us up in the charts. Plug us, yeah. please. We're just dying please. to be plugged. Yeah. We have been a little bit in our flop era of like not really posting episodes consistently, but hey, it's fall. We're getting back into our back into our zhuzh as we approach mm-hmm. the end of the year. So we'd appreciate any feedback you want to give us. Um yeah. Oh, all, right. all right, y'all. Well, thank you again. This has been so wonderful. I'll catch y'all. Catch y'all in the Overwatch queue, yeah? Yes. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank y'all. Oh, hey, there's only 5,000 people in front of us now. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, I just got a message. Oh, wait, I'm booted. (laughs) You're back. All right. Well, talk to you later, listener. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our music is by Connor Marsh and our show art is by Benny Kessler. Remember to check the description for links to our Patreon, social media, and more. Until next time, soldier, hit the runway. I mean... The battlefield. I mean, bye.